What I loved about the Penang Way thing was I got to share it with a lot of people. UTMB, I mean, you got wonderful crowds there and stuff, but you're not really, you know, you're, you're running away from away from people or trying to catch people. And and an FKT is a bit different, isn't it? And, and just so many people turned out to run with me or to, to hand me a cup of tea or to just support me at a roadside or just shout something, hopefully, uh, which was probably supportive. At the moment, that feels a bit more special because it was just this big shared thing. Kia ora everyone, that was Damien Hall I'm Matt Raymond I'm Eugene Bingham And this is Dirt Church Radio Interesting conversations with interesting runners As ever on Dirt Church Radio We are supported by Scott Running um, Their shoes are fantastic I have three pairs um, That I'm going through at the moment And each one reveals its mysteries to me In ever-growing ways Like staring at one of those pictures that you'd get in the 90s that you'd look at it and it just looked like nothing oh, and then you'd yeah. have to stand close to it and that would be The Last Supper or, um, you know, the screen. The ways, or, the ways hmm. of the Scott will be revealed. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds intriguing. Be. That's yeah. right. It's like the mystery. Yeah. Maybe it's drawing on my Catholicism. I don't know, but if you go to Scott Running... Dot NZ, mm. check out the Kinabalu Ars, Ultra RC, fantastic shoe carrying me and you. Yes. Um, hither and yon over this winter period, just fantastic, fantastic shoes. As ever, scottrunning.nz for some fantastic daps, as Damien Hall would say. To it. You know this Wild Things code, DCR2020? Yes. So not only do you get 15 months for the price of 12. They also chip in and make a, a donation to the DCR Patreon account. They do. They give us a little bit of Yeah. They give us a little bit of a They do. They do. It's lovely. It's lovely every month. Thank you for using that code. Keep using it. Keep using it because you get something out of it. We get something out of it. The other thing you get is you get access to heaps of cool stuff through VIP. So did you know that there are 1174 runs in the world famous trail directory? All the I didn't way, know that. All the way from Stewart Island to Cape Reinga. <laughs> Those of you who, who don't know Aotearoa, that's from the bottom to the top or the top to the bottom. It always makes me... Actually, I thought that that copy uh, was very much redolent of Woody Guthrie. You know, this land is your land, this land is our land. Mm. Should we sing? No, we probably shouldn't. But anyway, okay. Wild Things are um, fantastic supporters of Dirt Church Radio. About. And they're a fantastic community stalwarts and yeah they directly benefit us if you sign up dcr 2020 do it what's their website wildthings.club that's it wildthings.club in christchurch something's happening further faster is doubling in size it actually is doubling in size. They've, they've taken over the shop next door and they're expanding it at the moment and it's going to be amazing. So the best outdoors retailer in the country is going to get twice as awesome. Is this because and of Jacob's calves? It is, yeah. They're just like punched through the wall like the yep. Kool-Aid guy and family guy that bursts through the wall and goes, oh, yeah, but it's just Jacob's calves. Smash straight through. Um no, it's going to be fantastic. There's, I, I, I think they were talking about a climbing wall. Rocky was yeah. saying lots of things. He was very, very excited. But if there's you go a bar. To faster, yeah, there's a bar and a dog 
We need to do a, drink. We need to do a further faster live show. We need show. to get down there and do a further faster live show. Yeah, let's put that out. But if you go yeah. to furtherfaster.co.nz, I mean, they've been cranking through level two. Their store is open and they're doing online orders. I actually bought something off the website today. Um, I bought another Keep Cup, a Life Venture Keep Cup. Fantastic. They sell Montaigne, which is just really great gear. And yeah, they look after us really well. So if you go to furtherfaster.co.nz for all your outdoors ting. They've got something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Dirtchurch Radio. Episode 108. We made it. We did. Mm. Here we are. It's, it's interesting times, all right? So, sure is. We're sort of tentatively of, crawling out of lockdown three for us in Tamaki Makoto, aren't we? In yeah. And uh, well, more of the same for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's 2.5 and the difference. So, I mean, sorry for overseas listeners who really, you know, dealing with their own problems, but um, yeah, so 2.5. So we've still got restrictions around here, haven't we, that they haven't got in the rest of the country uh, yeah, around which, gatherings and stuff, but but we're okay. We're yeah, getting through yeah. this. So let's hope the only way is down, right? Yeah. <laughs> How often can you say that? The only way is down through the levels. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it has some, I mean, you know, and it has some repercussions, right? Like everyone's mm. probably... Uh, got their eye on certain marathons and other events that are coming up. Yeah, well, the Kinlock uh, race on this weekend has put out an email um, as we go to air um, saying, sorry, Aucklanders, we, you, you can't come down. Uh, mm. And fair enough. You know, fair that, enough. That's, that's, and, and that's the advice that um, the Ministry of Health is giving anyway, um, yeah. that Aucklanders can't, you know, we still got to sort of keep to the 10 gathering um even if we go out of auckland so you can see the rationale and i guess it's just once again race organizers put in really awkward positions you know it's just been their life of 2020 hasn't it it really sucks so absolutely so i mean it's so we're actual pariahs not just moral (laughs) and social ones yeah I, i saw somebody um um today saying that aucklanders should have to ring a bell yeah, unclean, <laughs> unclean. Anyway, I know you <sighs> love us. I know you love us, rest of New Zealand. I know you do. Anyway, hey, amazing, amazing feedback and araha for Kate Southern after our chat last week. Absolutely, and no wonder. yeah. Just, I was quite shocked. I mean, I was and I wasn't. I mean, I knew that she, you know, was. She's a very integral part of the community, and yeah, the, the love was the love was strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so, I mean, she was just so calm, um, so sharing and um, and just genuine. She's a genuine good person, isn't she? Good human being. Absolutely. Yeah. Kate, the running lady. So yeah. that was... I, I still that, have no idea how she gets everything done on a day. No, wow. <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> she I'd should be do chasing a book my on tail. time management, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, speaking of time management, I'm gutted. So gutted that I missed um, this conversation. Uh, returning champion, Damien Hall. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was gutted that you went there, and Damien was gutted you went there as well. 
um, mm. uh, especially because he wanted to do a Britpop um, chat with you. He, sa- <laughs> he, he, he started bringing out Britpop and I said, you, you, sorry, you know, Matt is our musical king. Um, but we did, we did get some revelations, which will come out. You'll come out during the conversation. But, yeah, we had a chat about his extraordinary FKT, fastest non-time and the P9 way. But, you know, as is always the way with Damien, we took plenty of diversions. And there's some really interesting um, topics, including we talked about how to reduce environmental impacts on events, which, you know, might seem a bit of a moot point in the moment when, we, when not many of us can race. But, obviously, races will be back someday. And, you know, there's some ideas that are popping up in the UK that he's sort of talking about around... You know, maybe rather than taking a race shirt, donating it to someone who needs it. Um, maybe instead of a, a medal or a T-shirt, having a tree planted instead. Um, there's some interesting ideas around. So just, you know, have a listen. And, the, yeah, the stuff on the FKT, I had had no idea the preparation that had gone into it. And amazing. But anyway, how, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was just. I was actually just reflecting on the whole thing about the uh, medal and the T-shirt, and I think that anything. And I've. I've long held that you know we should look at streams for races. You know, like I. I, mm. I don't want a ceremonial T-shirt necessarily, or even a medal. Um, and if we could do things a bit cheaper or, or whatever, but yeah. certainly the the environmental aspect. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. It would be, uh, yeah. That's a he's a he's a clever man, old Damien Hall, isn't he? Well, he was talking about things that other people are doing. To be fair, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's yeah. He he certainly is. He certainly is. Yeah, I did blame him for COVID as well. Oh, good. <laughs> Given what he <laughs> talked about his, last year, his hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, how have I been? I've had a shitter of a day. You have. Uh, you have. Car got broken into. Um, uh, you know, just this work's been super busy. I've been tired. I dropped my headphones just before we mm. <laughs> we, uh, we came to air, you know. Um, so now my lovely headphones are kind of busted. But, yeah, it, it's just been uh, it's been a complete ball bag, and I, I can't dress it up <laughs> any more than that. I think I would be uh, being um, – I think I'd be being insincere if I tried to say – that it was anything else, but you know that's okay, and they, you know they 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 can't all be, uh, you know sometimes they have to be sow's ears. They can't all be silk purses, right? So mm, mm. yeah, and how have you been going? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm looking forward to being able to catch up with you for a run again. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be good. Get back on track. Um, I've been doing my Achilles exercises, some stretching, and mixing up runs with rides on the bike, and I guess sort of following the process is what I'm trying to do. You know. Um, yeah, Rotorua Marathon coming up in a few weeks, and I, as we talked about, I I don't know, you know, we're just going to have to be keeping checking the emails, see if it's still going on. They put out an email uh, recently where they said if it's level two, but it'll go ahead. Um, uh, sorry, level one, it will go ahead, uh, which obviously we're not in that yet. Um, and to watch the space, there's a decision, you know. I guess yeah, there's still so much up in, up in the air, but you know, it's just mm. a race. Fingers crossed. And with Blue Lake 24, go ahead. Yeah, well, I guess they're in the same position, aren't they? Really? Mm. Um, it's the same weekend, isn't it? Which, yeah. uh, which, by the way, sucks quite a bit. But anyway, moving <laughs> along. It does, it does. Yes, 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 yes. <sighs> right. Mm. Hit the red button. All right. Stuff you should know. Okay. 
I got an amazing email from a great friend of the show, Carmela Heyman, who is a colleague of mine from Stuff. She's the editor of The Press in Christchurch and is the Christchurch and Otago, Otago editor for Stuff and a trail runner. And I said, do you mind if I share this? Because I think there's a lot in it for not only me, but lots of people. So she'd had a bit of a bad run of injuries and she wrote to me about, after hearing about the Achilles knuckles that I've been having and grizzling about riding on a bike and she said look just like you I also deeply resent having to cycle when I can't run and find this happening more and more as I get older but I did want to share a story with you which I found has helped me when I'm riding uphill up, uphill on my mountain bike on a recent bike ride I was coming down the hill I passed a man heading up he was on a hand bike the rider had no legs and was tackling a particularly steep section just with the power of his arms it was it was very impressive and well beyond what I was cap- what I would be capable of So it really reminded me that while I was not able to run at that time, I still did have the power of my legs and crucially my quad muscles to help me get up the hills. And of course, if it ever became too hard, I could always jump off and walk. Not an option for this rider who had nothing but sheer grit to fall back on. It was very humbling. Please don't think I'm sharing this story to make you feel guilty for commenting on your frustration. I just wanted to share it as the encounter has really helped me adjust my thinking. Yeah. It did. <laughs> There's always an opportunity, I think, in this life to reframe, right? Yeah. And um, and 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 the two things can exist. Like, mm. d- dude on the handbikes out there getting after it. Yeah. You know, and yep. we'll probably look at someone who perhaps I don't know. Couldn't do that. And yeah, would, yeah. But there's That's always right. an opportunity. There's always for each perspectives, of us isn't there? You're right. Yeah. Perspectives. And um, I mean, I certainly wasn't in a position where I was feeling sorry for myself. And and Carmela wasn't saying that I was. And she certainly wasn't trying to. I I got that she wasn't trying to pull a guilt trip on me or anything. It was just I thought of it as just a wonderful gift, and I wanted to share it. And I asked her, and she was cool with it. And also, I'd really love to see that rider. Holy moly, mm. that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some people are really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, and you think, yeah, I mean, it's always that thing, isn't it? You'd like to think that, and I'm sure I don't know about you. If, if I've had these thoughts, if something happened to me, I'd I'd do this, and I'd I'd be out there doing chin ups before too long. But you know, I don't know if I could. And and it takes a certain, you know, a, a very special type of individual to face that much adversity and sort of keep on cracking. As you say, get out there and go after it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So what happened on the weekend? Yeah, well, there was this um, IAU, the International Association of Ultra Runners, um, virtual six-hour run, So, uh, which was, uh, they said, in the spirit of universal camaraderie and uplifting of morale, we've planned a virtual IAU six-hour global solidarity run for our ultra-running family to engender athletic interest and friendly global fun because there'd been so many events, world championships and so on, um, cancelled so there were in the end there were 426 runners from around the world on the virtual start line and New Zealand had its own team which had some wow. pretty great names in it yeah 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 so the men's team was Andrew McDowell Wayne Botha and Stuart Hughes yep and the women yep Emma Bassett Fiona Hayweiss Emily Salzberg Dawn Tuffrey and Mal Lakin. Wow. And the great John Bowden was their manager. So there you go. Yeah. Um, look, so look, the idea was you just ran your own. You um, ran your own race, as it were. And uh, like like Mal Aiken ran down the coast um, on the roads in Wellington. And Fiona was running around the south coast, wasn't she? Dawn and Andrew, I saw, were on, on tracks running round and round. Um, so you could sort of choose your 
choose your poison, as it were. And at yeah. the end of the day, the results aren't out globally as we go to air. But uh, Wayne both uh, very um, generously sent me the, the New Zealand um, results. And so Andrew McDowell ran 73.58 kilometres. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Botha ran 60.47 kilometres and Stuart Hughes ran 41.7 kilometres, which are all, you know, amazing. amazing. Very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And in the women, um, it's gone down. Yeah. So uh, Emma Bassett ran 64.26 kilometres. Jeez. Hayweiss, 65.56. Emily Salzberg, 56.4. Dawn Tuffrey, 69.09, I think it is. It's just a little bit uh, thing down my. I'm not sure if you can see it, Matt. Um, uh, it's tiny on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did a screen grab. Um Sorry, I'm just going to try and see if I can see that any bigger. Yes, 69.09 kilometres for Dawn. Uh, Deborah Brett did 58.58. And then listen to this. Mal Aiken, 73.2 kilometres, which, um, you know, is is extraordinary. Amazing, amazing run. Well, they all are. Those Particularly, you know, those performances up over 60 kilometres. Yeah. Um, and both Mal and Andrew getting up over 70 kilometres. Wow. Wow. You know, that's some great running. Um, so, yeah, and, and having to tough it out on your own, doing it um, solo is is extraordinary. So, you know, um, Mal, uh, yeah, well, I guess all the Wellington runners had to contend with, with headwinds. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, you know, just as I say, doing it on your own. Is, is tough, isn't it? But uh, well done, you lot. Yeah, I can't imagine running that far, actually, in six hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. Oh. Extraordinary. Um, so there's, there is some, some suggestion that Mel may have broken a, um, a New Zealand record, which yeah. um, but Wayne was saying this, there's issues around um, verifying it and so on. So I guess we'll, we'll bring an update next week. Um, not certainly not suggesting anything, but just um, in terms of being able to claim a record and what you have to do and so on. So that's all being worked through at the moment. Fingers crossed. Mm. Yeah. And the Amazing. New Zealand cross country. Yeah. Yeah. Happened on the weekend. And uh, Dwight Grieve. Yes. First in the Masters race, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't call it, well, they didn't call it the New Zealand champs, did they? Because no. um, we couldn't. Me and you couldn't go, and anyone else from Auckland couldn't go, so it wasn't fair. Yeah, so they but, called it um, the New Zealand Cross Country Challenge. Yeah, but yeah, Dwight. Woohoo! I wonder if somebody did the moose call. I don't know. Twenty nine oh eight on the eight kilometer course. He probably did, and there was um, he's probably wearing a morph suit as well. Uh, there was a st- <laughs> Southland one two in the forty to forty four age group, which helped them win the forty to forty age group t- team title too. Yeah, Amazing. and I well read this. I've been basically high. I've been under a rock, man. But I, I read this in um, in stuff today, and there's a controversy in the 50 mm. to 54 age group. Robbie Johnson, double Olympian, won but was disqualified for spitting on the course. Yeah, and there were yeah. COVID rules in place about it, and so he was banned. Mm. He was the only one all day, apparently. But um, he finished in first place, and then he was cooling down, and someone came up to him, tapped him on the shoulder, and said, "DQ, mate, on your horse." Um, Somebody said he wasn't within spitting distance of second place. Boom, boom. But, um, yeah, so there were very clear rules uh, which said because it was because of the pandemic, competitors 
we're told that while racing, please avoid spitting or discharging mucus from your nose in view of others or close to other competitors. Anyone deemed to be spitting in an offensive manner could be disqualified. Um, Robbie was saying that, um, very distinguished athlete, of course, and mm. he was saying that there was supposed to be some sort of warning system or something which didn't apply. You know, they just banned him. So he was a bit aggrieved about things, but, you know, tricky times. I'd, tricky times. I'm not sure where to, where to come down on this one, so to speak. You know, we are in a pandemic that's being spread by mucus and... Yeah, things. look at the risk of... Uh, but this is the thing, right? And I don't know. I mean, I don't, don't... Like, well, come at me if you want. Where do you draw the line? Mm. If you have a rule and then you let Robbie do it, but then can I do it? And I'm in, mm. you know, I'm the Lantern Rouge. Can I spit? Can I, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's no roadmap for this stuff. So at no. least we can, at least we can race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then old, um, Poker Pal. Well, Amazing. it was UTMB weekend this weekend, yeah. wasn't it? Well, it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So and if, tell us about Powell. Yeah, well, of course, he he um, won UTMB last year, Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, with his good mate Scotty Hawker coming in third place. And it was supposed to be on this weekend, of course, it wasn't, so couldn't be because of the pandemic. So he he decided to have a crack at the course record over the weekend. Um, and he won last year in 20 hours and 19 minutes, which was a record. And he set out to try and run the 170 kilometres in under 20 hours, which would have been stunning. Mm. But things didn't go quite as planned. And he only ran 21 hours and 17 minutes, which, you know, come I mean, on, it's, dude. it's ridiculous if you tried to, if, if you ran 21 hours around a track, you'd be like, <laughs> I did really well. But yeah. that, yeah. you know, Over UTMB. That and, and when I think about, oh. you know, Andrew McDowell and Tom Agusa talking to us about it, you yeah. know, people we run with, people we know, yeah. um, and they're talking about how difficult it was. Mm. I think oh, it's just a solo run of twenty one. Yeah, and, and, and minutes, I, I don't. Th I know. think that would be more difficult. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, amazing, amazing. He said it was incredible to run this year. Truly, one of my best experiences. Truly, one of the best experiences of my life. It's been such a difficult year for everyone, and the support I've received from people all around the world has been amazing. For now, I'll take some time and rest with my family, and then who knows. He's a G. He really is. He really, really is. <laughs> As my daughter would say. Yeah. But, yeah. but look, yeah. you know, moving swiftly through, we're on to Greatest Run Ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write in and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. It could be a, a 21-hour UTMB solo. Could be. You know, uh, we'll send it in to us. 73 hours in, uh, in six 73 kilometers in six hours. Six hours. Yeah. yeah. Send it in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And... Thank you for people who are sending them in. They are thin on the ground, so they please are. keep them coming. And this is from Jana Cowley, and she says, Hey, team, I feel like I need to answer the challenge to Aucklanders in lockdown. An easy choice would be my fastest, which was the Paris Marathon. I was super fit by my own standards. It was an incredible experience, and I managed to beat my PB by half an hour, despite, or maybe because of, pausing for a wee Beaujolais at 37 kilometers. <laughs> it was a definite upgrade on Powerade and my secret to a PB. Get a little drunk. Another <laughs> great run was my first Ironman in 2014. It was perfectly paced despite an injury and no running for a month leading up to the race. My time was a lot faster than I expected, and I had no issues at all on the three laps other than having to wear a poncho and carry a glow stick in the dark. The rest is a blur. Triathletes wow. are a funny bunch, eh? Um, 
So it might seem strange that my greatest run ever was my slowest marathon. The organisers gave me a complimentary entry into the Queenstown Marathon in 2016. I didn't run much that year and I'd just come home from a three-week trip to South America. I joked that I'd been altitude training. Hmm. I was very relaxed and totally undertrained, but it was my ninth marathon, so I figured I could go wing it. The first 10k was pretty rad and I stopped for a photo op with a pet alpaca, as you do. About Hmm. 16k, I started talking to a girl who was running the same pace as me. She was from Canada and running the seven marathons on seven continents challenge, so we talked non-stop after that. The Air New Zealand signs were so funny that we took a lot of photos. The scenery on course was absolutely stunning. We reached the ridiculous big hill at the 30k mark and encouraged by a lady doing her first marathon. At that point, she'd run further than ever. It was really neat to be out here for her and assure her she'd finished. As we reached the lake front and headed back into town, I realised that we'd better put, on our, put our foot down. We were hot and tired and starting to freak out a little. My bossy streak appeared and decided mm. what pace we needed to do, which was better late than never. We ran the gauntlet to Queenstown Bar. We ran the gauntlet of Queenstown Bars and made our way to the best ever finish shoot. It's a runway, so we charged down to the finish line right in the middle of prize giving. Whoops! <laughs> so I came away with a medal, some amazing photos, and a great friend winning. Cheers, Jana. Awesome. Fantastic. Wow. That's a great... <laughs> I think you got three greatest runs ever and one there. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Queenstown the Paris, Marathon... The Paris one looks... sounds pretty good and the and the Ironman one with the glow stick sounds pretty good as well. So Absolutely. Wow. What were you saying? Sorry? Oh, just the Queenstown Marathon, how stunning it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Picturesque. Picturesque. I'm pining a little bit for events. I, can I just say? Yeah, you can say that. Hmm. You can say that. Hey... People I'm off my food. Raving about the relapse um, mail out. My nose is dry. Hmm? Yeah, and I'm pacing back. And, oh, I was pining. That's what you do. Oh, you go off your food. Nose goes dry. Just pace back and forth. But um, yeah, no, that's that's. I wish I could say that I had a part in that, but no, that's all Sean and Madeline, and that's what they. That's the kind of people they are. So what happened? You got. So we had all the stuff because yeah. mm-hmm. they, they somehow came onto like. They've got like 20,000 pairs of lactic turkey sunglasses or something like that. And then, I'm sure it's not 20,000, but it was a few. And we had a bunch of the cards printed up, you know, for the DNFs and stuff. Mm. And um, and a bunch of buffs and things like that. And um, just being the good sorts that they are, they, they really wanted to, you know, to Koha and to Afi, the people who had put so much time uh, into training and, and really looking forward to, to being there and so sent this lovely little care package. It was just, wow. just very sweet. And that just that's the type of people that you're dealing with. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Good sorts. Good sorts. Good buggers. Good buggers. Right. Yeah. Now rest of you, if you want to be good buggers in our opinion, send us in the greatest run ever. Go on. Yep. Do it. Do it. Sean and Madeline Wood. Anyway. <laughs> Onto our show, and again, may I say how gutted I am <laughs> to have missed this conversation. But I'm stoked that you got it, though, because it's fantastic. Yeah, I was gutted too. But we had a chat with him on the show last year, when we and we decided to get him back to catch up with him again about his extraordinary run on the Pennine Way in the UK, and also because he's always really interesting to talk to. And we talked about the run itself, but there was so much more that we wanted to know, you know, so the reminder is that the Pennine Way is a 431-kilometre trail between the town of Edale near Manchester up to Kirk Yeltham in Scotland. And it had an FKT of 2 days, 17 hours and 20 minutes from foul runner Mike Hartley, which stood for 31 years. And then John Kelly, 
the legendary Barclay Marathons finisher, lowered but lowered it by 40 minutes last week. And then just over a week later, Damien, who, by the way, is mates with John Kelly. Yeah, they seem like good mates, eh? Yeah. So he went and broke the new record nine days later and lowered it to two days, 13 hours and 34 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So we had a chat about his preparation for the record attempt, which was absolutely meticulous. We also talked about his history with the Pennine Way and the history of the actual route itself, which was really fascinating, and a whole bunch more, including how we can all do better for the planet. Damien Hall. Radio. Right, joining us all the way from the village of Box, again, Damien Hall. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're most welcome. It is kind of weird because uh, sort of pulling the curtain back, of course, when we ring people initially, we have a bit of a chat and then we do this fake intro again. So it's kind of, it is kind of strange, but, but yes. Hello. Oh, hi, Damien. I didn't know you were on the, on the end of the line here. How, how have you been? Yeah, we've been good. Thank you. Now look, just to jump straight into it, uh, we've got a bit the, of a bone to pick on, with you. To me last time we had a nice, we yeah. had a nice friendly chat and then you suddenly hit me with a big... Yeah. I remember the big political, you lured me in, it was the that, big political hard-hitting questions. That's, do that that's how we again? go. Well, we've got a very okay. serious accusation to level at you, because the last oh, time yeah. you were on, you talked about how you weren't going to fly, you were going to stop, you know, try and stop, stop traveling so much, and then suddenly, the whole world can't travel so much. Now, we're not about spinning conspiracy theories, but, <laughs> but is there a connection here? Like, are you the well, grandmaster behind all this? I, I'm going to let people, you know, decide, <laughs> but, you know, it was a bit annoying. It is uh, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm hardly going to fly. I'm going to have a minimal, I, well, I, I got an independent company to audit my, audit me and make me, uh, give me a plan to be carbon negative for the year. So I was like, I'm hardly going to fly. I'm going to get the train. I'm hardly going to use my car. I do all these amazing things. And then everyone just copies me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> That might be a bit insensitive, but hopefully that's taken in the uh, spirit of things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then all the races were cancelled. No one's racing. No one's going to races. Yeah. So in a way, I applaud. I, I, no, I, I can't really applaud what's happened. But no, um, no. yeah, I mean, we've all we've all had a low carbon footprint so far this year, which is um, in some ways is great. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And there are, there are lots and lots of bad things about it, of course. And we, we acknowledge that in all seriousness. And, and how, how are you guys going in the UK at the moment? Um. Yeah, we're in that. Well, most of the time we've been looking down at New Zealand going, wow, they're doing it properly. They know what they're doing. Um, and, you know, at risk of getting too political, our leaders aren't, um, well, you know, they're idiots. So, um, <laughs> um, so well, we, we are going to, um, the kids are going back to school shortly. I've got right. two going back to school. But they've been off school for about six months. Um, yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for a while there was a kind of, pretty thorough lockdown i i panic bought a treadmill uh for a lot of money and and sold it sold it for a lot less money a few months later unused um and yeah we we sort of were in lockdown for a couple of months we we were allowed to sort of run uh kind of once a day or exercise once a day um luckily they didn't stipulate how how far for you know how <laughs> far you run or how long and i don't think they were really thinking of ultra runners so I think most ultra runners went, oh, well, you know, if you do four or six hours, that's still only once a day. Um, uh, and it did feel like lots of people were running, lots more people were running, which was, and cycling, which was nice. Um, and then, and then I don't know how much of it, how much of the news kind of traveled around the world, but 
but suddenly lockdown was was over or mm. sort of eased a lot and everyone went out trying to break fkts which was quite exciting yeah um yeah and and we're still uh, yeah it feels like we're out of lockdown we've got people have masks on in shops and things but most things i think 90 percent of things are back to normal ish yeah. but yeah it's it's a bit weird well like for you guys like I heard you, you you had a long spell where there were no cases, but maybe you've got a few now or something. Yeah, so we had a, a long stretch where we were down in what we call level one, which is basically everything's on except for, except the borders are closed, so you, you, you can't fly here. But um, apart from that, we were sort of trucking along. And then there's been a, a, an outbreak in Auckland, um, which mm. when, you, when you look at, which is where, I, where Matt and I live, and that's why Matt is back at work and on the front line. Well, not that he wasn't working when he, anyway, sorry. That's why he's busy back at work because yeah. things have really ramped up again. But, um, mm. but when you look at the numbers compared to what's happening elsewhere, I mean, we're sort of getting, you know, eight or nine cases a day. So it's not, oh, right. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not a thing, but, but we've, we've taken it very seriously. We've gone back into, in Auckland, we've gone back into a lockdown um, wow! Not the strictest one, but we're still in a, in a lockdown. I'm having to work from home. Um, you can blah, blah, still blah. go out running. I can still go out running. Yep, yep, yep. That's, so yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's there's you know only essential businesses open and that sort of thing. So that's been a bit mm-hmm. strange. And we were in that. We come out of it on Sunday, so that will have been two and a half weeks at that. Um, so that's been okay. a bit of bit of a shock when we all thought it was behind us but it's yeah anyway but you, yeah, yeah you guys yeah. you guys did it really tough over there for for a long long time and you know that the world is getting into a bad place when Damien Hall buys a treadmill <laughs> yeah I got very worried I got very worried because I I've got a I, I coached some people and one of my clients was living in Spain and he said I can't even go out running so he was yeah. running up and down the um the, the, the stairs in his flat like between the flats um in the block of flats every day and I was, you know, huge admiration for him, but but I was really worried that would happen here. So I, yeah, I panic bought this treadmill that, that stayed stayed in its box in mm-hmm. the in the shed, yeah, um, yeah. for a while. Uh, and our, our lock, thankfully, our lockdown didn't get that, yeah, that that's severe. Thankfully. Mm. thankfully, yeah. Thankfully. Did you, there was a, a video I saw of an Italian mayor who, um, so in Italy, you you had to get you had to get a, a letter or something, didn't you, to be able to go out and run. And there was an oh. Italian mayor who was who went out and did a social media post complaining about all these people claiming that they were runners because suddenly being a runner was this great status. It gave you freedom. <laughs> it's like, don't kid yourself. You haven't run since we were at school. <laughs> I did have someone, um, someone did a great kind of spa, um, spoof on Strava uh, when Boris Johnson announced, yeah, just once a day. Someone, I don't know who it was, but someone who was following me changed their picture and changed their name to Boris Johnson and then started commenting on my posts. Well, I assume it wasn't the real Boris Johnson. Maybe it was. <laughs> Just saying, make sure that's your only one today, lad, and stuff like this, uh, which and, was, was quite entertaining for a while. Yeah. And then I, I heard I heard you, I, I, was, I was cheating with another podcast and heard, heard you talking about a runner who set off on an FKT when the rules were you couldn't stay overnight <laughs> or something. What, what, what was the story with yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a really good uh, runner here set off on a huge challenge called the Wainwrights um, oh, in the yeah. Lake District, which is um, has gained a bit of popularity in the last yeah. few years. Um, um, it's oh, I can't remember. It's over two. It's over two hundred peaks, yep. and you have to do them sort of consecutively. And she went out and started doing that. And she did live. She does live in the Lake District, so she wasn't sort of travelling to a new place. Mm. Um, but the 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 technicality was. Um, well, basically, the head of police in that area is a feld runner. 
So it wasn't long before news reached him. (laughs) Um, um, (laughs) And he went out and, and, and said, look, I'm I'm really sorry. You you can't do this at the moment. The technicality was you weren't allowed to stay out overnight, stay away from home overnight um, at the time. And she said, well, I'm not staying out. I've been running all night. I'm not staying anywhere. (laughs) And she, I think she genuinely, she wasn't being cheeky. She genuinely believed she wasn't breaking the rules because she wasn't going to be staying. She wasn't away from home as such. You know, she lived in the neighboring Valley. Um, uh, but she was told to to stop, uh, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah. but um, she went out a few weeks later when she was allowed and did it all anyway. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> so there were there were quite a few of us, I think, kind of chomping at the bit, waiting, yeah. waiting. And I guess it's different. I think in say in America, for example, I, I think it's been you know state by state almost. So yeah. different states have had different. But in Britain, you've had this sense of no one's allowed out well no one's allowed to travel overnight no one's allowed to go far and then suddenly okay you can yeah uh, and all that time people have been sort of scheming and getting fit and, and dreaming and looking at maps yeah so it's been uh, yeah it's been an exciting few weeks yeah it sure has and it's been a real uh, in your summer of of fkts isn't it and i mean i was thinking mm. too i mean you you've always you know not always been about the fkts but you've got a, a fair few already and then suddenly everyone's <laughs> doing them it's like get off my patch bro <laughs> A little bit. No, yes, yes, it has. Yes, a bit annoying. I'm hoping, well, um, yeah, I'm hoping it goes back to normal racing next year and then people won't be trying to get my FKT. Because, uh, you know, one, one or two are in the balance a bit. So, yeah. um, and I haven't, I, I don't know what it's like to have one taken off you yet. Um, although I imagine I might get that feeling quite soon. But, mm. um, yeah, I don't are know. You, I don't know if I want that feeling. Are you on we'll Strava? See. Yeah. So, you know, when you get those, I don't know if you've ever had a crown. I've, I've only ever had one and it was by accident. Uh, and you get that email from someone. So-and-so stole your crown. There must be an FKT, mm. FKT version of that. You're sitting at home and someone knocks on the door or something. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's well, got to be grander than admit, an email from Strava. That's, I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I wonder how it happened. Like, is it like the tooth fairy? Like, you wake <laughs> up and look under your pillow and just like, uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, but here's 20p um <laughs> well ask john <laughs> kelly actually he'll know yeah yeah except he was I, there so it didn't really work that way so mm. anyway um, <laughs> gosh we're getting um, i'm sorry about this i'm leading you up terrible terrible garden paths no, it's, it's, it, i must admit um i i haven't got many um crowns but but locally just because there aren't loads of runners where i live yeah um i did suddenly start getting loads of emails of people stealing my local crowns often they were ones well I, I pretend i didn't know i had them but um <laughs> i did feel like everyone was out running and running faster it got a bit got a bit annoying yeah yeah uh, they really uh, were i mean it's it, fk2s were, were, are, or have been and still are all all the rage and you i mean you not a bad bimbo on, on the penine way well done <laughs> thank you and great great use of the uh, the b word um <laughs> uh i um it, it did look a bit maybe from distance like um, yeah, for those who don't know, you know, John Kelly um, broke the record that stood for 31 years, and I and I popped up eight days later and, and broke his record, which I guess might seem a little bit mean spirited. Um, to your so-called like to point friend, out, <laughs> my former <laughs> former friend. Um, uh, I would like to point out I had been. Well, we both knew we were both going for it. We both knew we'd go for it probably in July. Um, we'd been chatting about it since March, both of us. Um, and I mean, it was four years ago I first thought about this one because I, I did um, – well, actually, if you want the full story, I guess yeah, well, we've I was going to say, it, it goes back further than that, doesn't it? I mean, you literally wrote the book about it. 
Well, you've you've been doing some research, or at least re- reading an Instagram post or two. Um, yes, um, <laughs> that, that counts as deep investigative work in this podcast. I tell you, <laughs> I, I think it does um, in in the, in the world. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, about nine years ago, I was uh, I wasn't really a runner. I was a, a hiker, and I was lucky to be um, given a commission to write a guidebook for the Pennine Way, which was unbelievable, um, unbelievable kind of bit of luck, really. And, and I hiked it. Took about sixteen days. And and I loved it. Um, and it's right up the middle of England. For those who, who don't know, it's kind of very moorland. It's not really mountains. One or two of the bigger lumps might feel a bit mountainous, but the, you know, it's not. It's not high up really, and it's not mountains. Nothing like in New Zealand. Um, but it's boggy and it's moorland, and it's quite bleak and windswept, and and it does feel surprisingly remote for England. Um, and it's our oldest national trail, and it's got a lot of history. Um, and yeah, I wrote a guidebook for it, for, which was fantastic. Yeah, really enjoyed that project. Um, and I remember reading in the previous guidebook um, about a guy called Mike Hartley who had run the whole thing in two days, 17 hours, 20 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, and to me, that was just absurd. Um, I, you know, I wasn't a runner. This was, I think, before I'd even done my first half marathon. I might need to double check that. Maybe I'd done a first half marathon, but certainly didn't know much about ultra running. Mm. Um and I remember putting that in the in my in in my updated book and thinking that's incredible. Uh, and then over the next few years, yeah, got, got more into this long distance, long distance lark. Um, and then my first FKT was 2016, and I ran the Southwest Coast Path, um, which is um, as you might guess in, in the Southwest uh, <laughs> and a path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and along the coast, I'm guessing. And, and yes. How did you? Wow, yeah. you have done. I, I have done my research. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, and um, I did. I did that with you know two friends helped me, and I remember the drive home afterwards. We were um, yeah discussing the kind of what next question, and the Pennine Way came up. But it was to me, it was the biggest one. It, it you know it wasn't as long, but it was a much more intimidating record set by a proper you know a proper runner. Mike Hartley was um, in the nineteen ninety three hundred k European Championships. He was he was fourth. So like he's a fast you know, quality athlete, you know, not just some sort of chiseled war horse fell runner who just sort of hung in there and, and, you know, put up with a few blisters. Um, he's a proper runner. So, and obviously that record has, you know, stood for 31 years. So it was pretty good. Um, so it took me another four years to really build up the courage to, to think about it seriously. Every year I'd put it off a bit because, well, there was UTMB to do and, and things like that. There were other excuses really. And then of course the lockdown took away all those excuses um, and I, 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 yeah, I just thought, well, I've got, I've got to, I've got to have a go now. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose I did, yeah, I did learn, you know, John told me in person he was going to have a go at it too. And there was an element of, um, okay, well, if he's, you know, if he's got the courage to go for it and he doesn't seem short of courage, um, you know, uh, he's incredibly ambitious with, with his, with his challenges and FKTs. Um, there was a bit of me thinking, well, if, you know, if he's brave enough, I, I should, flipping well pluck up the courage as well hmm. um so i started started plotting it I yeah suppose. just on on mike's record and how it stood for 31 years was that was that i've never had a sense was that because people just didn't have you know it was sort of like a forgotten record that people didn't have a go at or was it wow this is just such a daunting record a who's going to bother or it will be anyone who did just didn't get close yeah that's a really good question i mean Back in the day, so he said it in 1989. I do know that the person who set the record before him had done, had attempted it six, uh, possibly eight times before before wow. the person before him, who's also called Mike, set that record. Um, now, after immediately after Mike Hartley set it, I don't know enough about my history sure. back in the sort of early 90s 
to know whether there were people having a go then or not. But I do know in the last four or five years, I know of, um, well, Pavel, Pavel Polonce tried twice. He, mm-hmm. he, he's won the spine race three times, but he's mm-hmm. tried in the summer twice. Um, another friend of mine tried and another guy tried. So I know of at least four attempts in the last sort of two, two to three years. So, so I think it maybe came back in vogue a bit in right. the last two or three years when FKTs have just mushroomed a bit. Yeah. And, and the Penang Way has been one of the obvious kind of UK ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I know of like four attempts. Okay. Yeah. Um, but whether, whether there was a decade or two in the middle where no one tried, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I need to need to find that out, really. There we go. I, you you mentioned the history of it, and and I love the story of the Pennine Way and how it came about and so on, and and its connection to freedom walking. I don't know what you call it, but in the UK, yeah. I wonder if you could go through that. But also, you did promise us when we set up this interview a bit of <laughs> Britpop connection. So I wonder if you could just tell us the history and include that <laughs> tantalising <laughs> tidbit about yes. Britpop. I would love to. Um, so yeah, part of part of the Penang Way history. So um, we have a, a lot of a lot of land in Britain is still. Well, we could go right back to sort of the Enclosures Act, which happens, I think, a couple of centuries ago, where basically all the rich people took a load of the land off the poor people and just said, "That's our land now. Get off." Um, and or well, that's my understanding of it. Um, yeah. Literally, um, that and means, then. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, and then in, in, in 1932, or in the early kind of 30s over here, you know, walkers, people, people from places like Manchester and northern cities that, that, who wanted to hit the hills of a weekend grew increasingly frustrated that they couldn't go on those hills because they were privately owned, often, often for sort of hunting and shooting by, you know, private landlords who, who had lots of money and, um, and, and had lots of land that they, you know, weren't letting people on. And and there was something called the mass, mass trespass, which was an act of civil disobedience, um, which happened in 1932, where several hundred, uh, I think mostly young men, um, gathered on on Kinder Scout, uh, which has become a kind of iconic peak in the in the Peak District um, uh-huh. since then. And and there was a big sort of standoff, but but a lot of these young men were arrested and put in prison for around a week. Um, but but that you know created enough. Um, kind of furore and attention that that um, laws did start to change. It took took a while, but basically, uh, you know, a significant amount of that that land now is is open to us to to wander on. Mm. It, it is there's still a huge amount of it is privately owned, and there's still controversies rumbling on now. But um, you know that did change things at least. And one of the guys who was there was Tom Stevenson, who. Um, who the, who not long after heard about the Appalachian Trail in the, in America mm-hmm. and thought wouldn't it be wouldn't it be amazing if we had something in in Britain so he started dreaming up this idea of a Pennine Way and it actually took him thirty years to get that to get from that moment to get the Pennine Way you know sort of you know created wow. um, and and authorized so incredible you know work by him he was a um, he was a conscientious objector in the in the First World War in, wow. incidentally um, and. Um, um, yeah, just fascinating guy um, who, who you know got got things done slowly and, and steadily. And mm. um, yeah, we owe him something. I, I love the idea that that and that was our kind of first, I suppose, national trail. But you can link it to the celebration of of the out, you know the outdoors, the hills being opened up for sort of, I suppose, common folk to go and you know frolic mm. in and bimble in. Um, so I really I like to 
I suppose tell that story a bit because because certainly in Britain, you know, maybe it gets forgotten and stuff. And, and it's important to know that, you know, I suppose people people can get together and make a difference and, and civil disobedience is a, mm. you know, might be a legitimate tactic in, in, in lots of ways. Um, but in terms of the much more important Britpop uh, question, <laughs> um, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you guess. So, so, um, Oh no, Matt's the, the, Matt's the musical historian in our, in our duo. Oh, really? oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give it away then. But, um, the, so the Penang Way um, starts in a little village in the Peak District called Edale, just near yep. Kinder Scout. Um, and uh, a, uh, one of the absolute sort of stars of Britpop now lives in that little village. Um, really? Uh, drum yes. roll? And it's, yeah, drum roll. It's, um, you, if you'd, yeah, he, he'd be well sorted for E's there because of, there are two E's in the name Edale, but he might not find any any whiz i don't know but it's 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 dum 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 jarvis jarvis cocker lives in jarvis cocker really the end of the penalty yes wow. uh, he did. i don't think he turned out for for my little um my little uh, uh he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play guitar. like do any uh turn up and play guitar or something or? <laughs> i would have just died and gone to heaven if that happened that <laughs> well so, i'll be and is that why you chose the penine way yes Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. purely purely because of Jarvis. Now yeah. it comes out. Yeah. Um, but Fantastic. I thought, that, yeah, that was I mean, Sheffield. You know, he, historically, he he and Pulp were from Sheffield, and yeah. Sheffield's not super far from 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 the Penang Way in a way. Um, but yeah, he lives there now in a in a quite little yeah quite little village. Except when the spine race is on, or, or someone <laughs> foolishly runs the Penang Way uh, in one go. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, Jarvis, if you're listening. <laughs> he does actually. <laughs> he writes in all the time. He's it's just he's a bit of a pest actually. Like just leave us alone. <laughs> leave us yeah. alone, Jarvis. He was trying to do live blogs for us, and we were just like, "No, look, we'll talk to Damien. Just leave us alone." Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's that's a good bit of good bit of uh, history and a bit of bit of pop bit pop trivia. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. no problem. Hey, speaking of sort of uh, celebrities, I mean, you, I mean, you when you, when you did the Paddy Buckley round, that was pretty low key, wasn't it? You. you Basically, did it sort of on the well, pretty quietly, didn't they? Didn't you? I think. Mm. Whereas this time mm. around, I mean, you had a film crew following <laughs> you, and you were—it's like every news, every news channel I turned on, they were like breaking news, you know, sort of coming in with with live updates of where you were and stuff. It was a—it was a big deal. I think CNN were there, weren't they? Yeah, and, I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Al Jazeera had a, did a live cross. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was quite. It was quite different this time. Um, I guess there are several reasons for that. It wasn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have designed it this way if it was all down to. I suppose it, ultimately, I could have said no to things. Sure. Um, but you had a combination of factors. I suppose uh, my wonderful sponsors, Innovate, uh, were bringing out a new a new shoe, and then I suppose also there was. Well, I suppose there's a whole lockdown thing where. Yeah. You know, I suppose companies were nervous. No one was in. No, one, there were no shops open, so, so that may, maybe that made them. You know, I don't know, market their things a bit more uh, yep. heavily. Um, but also, my good friends uh, Matt and Ellie Green, at Summit Fever Media, they were the ones who did most of the filming, and I guess they hadn't had anything to film for <laughs> two or three months. Yeah. So they were very happy to have something to film. Um, admittedly, again, so they're making a separate film. Yeah. Um, about me and John's attempt, sort of comparing our, I don't know, I think comparing our approaches and, and they filmed both of them. So they're making a separate film that will be out in October or November called Totally 
FKT'd, um, which people can pre-order. Um, Great title. Pre-order at, I think it's summitfevermedia.com's website. Right, uh, yeah. It would be amazing if anyone is yeah, interested in doing it. Because it's, send it's us mostly self-funded. Yeah, send us the link and we'll oh, put it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because um, they work very, very, very hard and often often sort of self-funded um, at times. Mm. So, so, but this, for this, in in truth, yeah, innovate, innovate, sort of, you know, backed them and said, actually, well, and then runners, yeah, so runners world were involved because I was going to write a story for them, and then runners world suggested, what about daily videos? So it all got a bit crazy. So there was like five daily videos, um, and y- yes, yeah, that's more than you want, I think, in an ideal scenario. But I was pleased for my friends getting work, and I would, meant I would see them out on the course uh, regularly. Uh, when you're feeling, you know, absolutely shocking and there's a mm. camera in your face, you know. <laughs> it's always uh, good. What, what do you want? Um, but it keeps you motivated. But also, I mean, so I had all that and, and also Innovate had done a separate video promoting this new shoe with me running, prancing around um, various lumps in the Lake District, which, which, you know, was beautifully shot and, and you know, amazing, you know, sort of camera craft and, and so on. Um, but that was coming out at the same time. So I did, I did feel you know, there was a, a fair bit of pressure on me in that mm. if I, you know, fell over in the first mile and, and face planted and, you know, or just got stuck in a bog or, 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 or whatever, or just stuffed it up really badly, you know, it would all be filmed and <laughs> straight out on social media and, and so on. And obviously Innovate wouldn't be thrilled that, that the guy who promoting their new amazing shoe for long distances uh, couldn't run <laughs> long distances very well. So there was quite, you know, but I guess I did... Uh, if I'm totally uh, open uh, with you, and I don't see any reason why I shouldn't. Well, be, go on, uh, go on. You, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I did. I did work. I just out of curiosity, I did work a bit with a sports psychologist. Yeah. Easy for me to say, psychologist for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Partly because it's just you know I'm a coach as well, and, and it's an area. I guess it's always intrigued me on a sort of fairly uninformed level, and I just thought actually it'd be fascinating to speak to a psychologists to get their viewpoint partly on what i'm doing but you know what tactics and, and strategies can i pass on to my clients as well mm. um and i mean she it was quite an easy spin actually but she kind of says well well all those people you know they, they've got faith in you they think you can do it um or they wouldn't be there you know and, right. and that was actually really reassuring um and and of course i had a team of um runners with me at all at all times mm. uh you know carrying carrying stuff and helping navigation and so on um and and likewise i think once they're invested as well i i you know i tried not to think about it too much but i had you know over 30 people probably even 40 people in some way involved in this thing um uh, which felt very sort of self-centered and, and stuff but but and terrified me at times mm. um because you think well some of them are giving up work for a day some of them are getting up at three in the morning to meet me on a you know, in a, mm. in a, in a storm on a hillside, um, um, et cetera. Um, and so you can, you can get a bit, you can get a bit spun out by that if you think about it too much. Um, but ultimately I tried to think of it as in, you know, they've got faith in me. They think I can, or at least they're, they're waiting, <laughs> or at least they think it's going to be funny when I fail and they can take some good photos. But, um, but no, it, it all turned out all right. So it's, it, it sure was, um, so you managed to sort of turn that sort of uh, not negativity but the pressure of all those other people and expectations into a into a positive through the help of your mental skills coach yeah i think I, yeah i did and um and i guess it was there were some other tactics like i, I suppose the, the the classic kind of you know know your why why are you doing it um so i guess i i tried to bring in some i suppose some environmental stuff to to to, to sort of fire me up and keep me motivated 
um, I decided to, uh, yeah, try and try and fuel without animal products and fuel without creating any plastic waste, which is, which is actually much more difficult. Um, yeah. because so much of our, our hill food, our hill snacks comes in plastic wrappage, wrappers, um, uh, and that took a bit of research, um, but it was quite, you know, quite satisfying to, to, to be able to do, um, obviously things like, you know, bananas and stuff are quite easy yeah. to, to, you know, plastic wrapper there. They come with quite a good wrapper already. They do. Um, um, so what else? And, so how, so you were avoiding plastic wrappers or wrappers um, in yes. your, yeah, yeah. So my role was kind of, yeah, I, I did. I set out with the idea of could I, could I do it without any plastic waste? Yeah. Um, I probably I probably achieved that sort of ninety five percent. Yeah. Um, occasionally, I think possibly the only thing I know of definitely was um, I needed I did need some electrolytes at times, and I and I found a company that you know the 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 plastic tube you could recycle, but the actual lid you can't, and that's partly because it needs to keep the moisture for those tablets. Ah. Um, so there were a tiny tiny aberrations like that, but all the I'm pretty sure everything else. You know, I, I researched it to find out. Um, I used some wonderful companies like out, out. Oh, I don't think you can get them down there, but Outdoor Provisions make you know fully compostable wrappers. Um, and you know, and I know nowadays you can buy bread in in recyclable packaging and, and and so on and so on. But I yeah, I spent a lot of time researching that sort of stuff, and it was quite yeah, it cost a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was quite satisfying to be able to do it, and we. Um, and we picked up, yeah, we, we decided to pick up, pick up litter as well, which is yeah. almost an afterthought. Yeah. But actually that's the thing that got more attention. And, and if I'm honest, it was mostly my paces, um, picking up, picking up the rubbish. So picking thank up, you. Picking up, thank picking you. up your rubbish or. Yeah. Well, I actually think John <laughs> Kelly, I think cause he went a week before me, I reckon he was uh, trying to delay me. Like, you know. I he was trying to slow you down by, by yeah. littering yeah, the trail. Scattering yeah. It around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that rascal was onto something there. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I want to talk about that, that sort of how that came about and stuff. But, but also you just mentioned there, you, you're talking about, you obviously prepared for this like a, a Zen master and, and, I, and I've seen you, you talk, I think you've said that, that you prepared for this more than anything else or something. And, and you, you got a coach, you got, worked on your running technique and a nutritionist and strength and conditioning work and so on. So, and, and the mental skills coach, which you mentioned, but this was a real campaign almost for you. Yeah. Well, um, I thought, I guess in a way lockdown gave me too much thinking time, I suppose. Right. So, I, so I got almost, I wouldn't say I got too obsessed, but I, I just thought I'm going to, you know, this record, I've been thinking about it for four years. Um, if I don't go and get it, John Kelly's going to get it. Um, so I've got to put everything, everything I've got into it. I even, um, you know, I was still at the turn of the year, I still did some journalism quite regularly. Um, I did about six days of sub editing on a, on a great magazine up here called women's running. Um, and I can't, I canceled that with, with a, you know, a, a short term financial sort of, um, deficit for me. I canceled it so that I had more time right. to plan, to plan the logistics for this. Cause I thought, I thought, well, actually what's funny is me and John both actually have the same coach. Um, John, uh, David Roach in, in America and who's Scott Hawker's coach as well. So he coaches, you know, pretty much all the best runners in the, in the, in the world and me. <laughs> um, um, so he's very, very good. Um, so I thought, <laughs> well, I thought I'm not probably going to have a fitness advantage on John because we've got the same coach and, and we're living in the same area and so on. Um, so I wasn't too obsessed with John, but it was like, how can I, how can I make my approach better? So I thought, you know, logistically, 
you know, I want to get the best possible team. So, I, you know, I sort of even got, I even hired a van from Volkswagen. Um, well, all right, I say hired, they, they gave it to me for free. But, um, um, you know, I got a van so there's more space for my crew, more space for food and kit, uh, more space to lie down and maybe sleep better. You know, even 10, 10 or 15 minutes of sleep that I might not get in the back of, you know, a much smaller vehicle could make the difference. Mm. Um, so I had, yeah, and I, I roped in two very good friends, uh, Mark and Tim, who I've known for years and who are really experienced in this sort of thing and who know what I'm like when I'm grumpy and miserable. Um, and they're good at, yeah, they, they, were good, they were sort of a good cop, bad cop combination. So I kind of roped, roped them in early. Um, yeah, I did everything I could think of, really. So I thought logistics and teamwork could be the difference because John's already an incredible runner. Um, and obviously Mike was an incredible runner, although it's fascinating to compare really, I think running conditions 30 years later, I mean, the Penang way has changed a little bit. There are a few more flagstones, but then, um, and then we, you know, we've got much better kit nowadays, haven't we? We've got watches and better navigation equipment, much better nutrition knowledge, you know, 30 years, it's, um, huge difference. Um, so in a way, um, but then you could say for Mike Hartley back in the day, actually, I know he had a very dry, he had a really dry summer here. 1989 so we had a really dry terrain whereas neither me nor john had that it was still pretty boggy and wet um uh so yeah yeah it's it's interesting to compare but um yeah i I did everything i could think of it wasn't it wasn't a plucky amateur effort i was putting everything into it i'll be honest um i really thought saw it as you know um well yeah just something i've been planning for four years really or thinking of for four years i wanted to I wanted to do it right, I suppose. And that's, I mean, interesting you mentioned Scotty Hawker because that approach that he took to UTMB where he just basically decided I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. I'm going to get the mental health, mental skills coach. I'm going to do everything I possibly can, work on my nutrition, everything. And that's, I guess what I'm figuring out is that's what it takes. And my sort of shamaturish approach is not, is not, not the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, I, what fires me personally is I'm um, part. Well, se- several things fire me, but I'm 44. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but I. Um, 47. Well, how old are you? 47. 47. Okay, there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> but I, but I feel I feel like I don't have much time to be at yeah. to be at my best at this. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I don't want to mess around on sort of internet forums asking you know Nobby Nobby sure. from Norwich what he thinks <laughs> about um, you know my uh, swollen ankle. Um, so I, I have right from the beginning. Actually, I've I've I've, I've nearly always had a coach. Um, actually, I had two. I had two years self coach actually, and that did that did lead to my best performance at UTMB. But yeah. I, I just felt I was ready for a coach again, um, and I just thought, yeah, I, I, I'm just I am just fascinated in this sport as well. There are so many aspects to it, aren't there? Yeah. Um, I must admit, things like the technique coach. I've worked with him for years. A guy called Shane Benzie. He's got, he's got a book that's just come out actually called. Um, the Lost Art of Running, which I'd recommend. I'll, I'll send you a link as well. Link as well. Link you, as well. Yeah. We've got a list of yes. links coming um, up. But yeah. Yep. Yes. Definitely. I'm trying to plug with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so there are some people I've worked with for years, um, a sports dietitian up here as well. I mean, I don't consult her that often, um, but once or twice a year, I, yep. you know, Check if I can ask the question, I do. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I love about our sport because I'm not very fast. My marathon PB isn't great. Um, but there are so many other elements when it comes to the long stuff, yeah. whether it's, yeah, the strength, the technique, the nutrition, the mind, the mindset, you know, it's fascinating. So I, I want to tap into all of those and, and learn all I can, I suppose. And then, and then hopefully pass it on to my clients as well, but only, you know, 
only after I've beaten John Kelly and <laughs> FKT just a few days after he did. Sorry, John. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. So let, let's deal. <laughs> let's deal with that then. Your your and uh, John um, posted something where he said watching Damien's track it did feel a bit like watching a friend go after an ex. In the end, you're happy they're both happy, but it feels weird. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I could imagine him watching that. But so you guys, y- you. You discussed it, didn't you? It's not like sudden, you know, he got a surprise or anything, but you'd actually talked about it after a training run or something in the, in the Brecon Beacons. But yeah. And, and at one well, stage you were going to do it together in opposite directions, but that quite didn't work out. So how, I mean, it's kind of a, you are, you are friends, but you were also chasing the same thing. That must have been a little bit weird. Well, Yes. Uh, Sorry, I'm not sure which part I, of that I, question you want to answer. Just, <laughs> just take your pick. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do feel a bit bad about how it all panned out. Uh, I guess, I guess I look up to John. Uh, I'm sure far more than he looks up to me because you know he's the Barclay Marathon, the Barclays sure. Marathon, Mar- yeah. sorry, Barclay Marathon's guy. You know, and he moved a year ago, just over a year ago, to to not far away from me, and it was like, oh my god, you know, one of the the greatest. Old- runners in the world lives down the road yeah um so I'm, I'm a fan you know uh firstly so I, I wouldn't say I never thought I could beat you know do a better time than John and and to be fair to John he had terrible sort of tummy issues the whole yeah, time yeah. so I think I, it's fair to say he didn't have his kind of best we, run there whereas where, where were right you in relation to his nutrition by the way you, you went tampering or anything I, I couldn't possibly comment on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, casting all sorts, I'm throwing all sorts of allegations at you in this. this it's supposed to be friendly chat. Oh my God. What, can't keep the journalist out of me. Sorry, carry on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he didn't. So so, I, yeah, sorry. His didn't go so well. So there was, there was that. But also, but he did break the record. Yes, yeah. And, and I was, well, to take you back to something you were mentioning is, um, yeah, we haven't actually been able to catch up all that often for training runs, but, you know, partly we've both got young families, but um, it was, it just so happened we were both on a training run together in, in March when the lockdowns in both Britain and I think it was the same day that Trump said, you know, he's banning flights from Europe or something. So it's quite a dramatic day. Right. And obviously, it, obviously most days after that for the next few weeks were dramatic, but it felt like a big dramatic day. And I think we both began to realize a lot of races might be cancelled. Um, obviously, a lot of other things were going on too, but but that you know um, things might not be as planned this year. He yeah. was already committed to away. I don't think he'd gone public with it, but he had told me before that in a, in a WhatsApp message. Um, and on that drive back, I think I was driving him back home. Um, I definitely said something along the lines of, "If, if UTMB gets cancelled." I, I quite fancy go to the Penang way as well. I've, I've thought about it for a long, you know, quite yeah. a long time. Um, and I had when David Roach took me on as a coach, it was, it was top of my list. And he, mm. he kind of talked me out of it um, saying, you know, you know, save, save the longer stuff for a few years, you know, do you do you do some races for now? Um, and, uh, um, and I was easy, it was easy to be talked out of because it was intimidating to me. But, um, and John was, John straight away said, I think the next day he sent me a message saying kind of, um, Hey, if we want, we could run it together. Um, I must admit, I loved the idea that he would offer that. That was really mm, kind of him. Mm. But I actually think the chance of that going well, um, I mean, it's going to be, you know, at one stage early on, one of you is going to be running at a different pace than the other one. So I didn't I didn't actually think that would be a satisfying outcome. Um, and, and then I suggested starting at either end at the same time, which for a while seemed like a really fun idea. Yeah. Um, and... And then I must admit, I wavered on that sometimes. I sometimes thought, actually, I don't want the extra stress of that um, because in yeah. FKT, the whole 
great thing is you can decide all the variables, almost all the variables, not, not always the weather in Britain, but, um, you can, you know, you pick the date, you pick how it's done. Um, and then you've got this extra stress of someone else doing it at the same time, um, which I think would force most people to probably go a bit quicker than they might want to. Um, so I wavered on that. Sometimes I was keen, sometimes I wasn't, but ultimately the week he wanted to go, I couldn't get my crew people that week. One of my key crew people. And I actually thought what's most important to me. No, my most important thing is to put my best run in and yep. to do that i want my two guys there if i can get them um so i decided to go the week after him yeah um so yeah so that's what happened i suppose um i guess yeah i don't think it would i think going going i think both those other scenarios would have been really entertaining for everyone else but probably would have gone badly for me or john yeah um or both of us um and actually what happened is we both got to break a record i Absolutely. suppose yeah um, and he got to say he broke a record that stood for 31 years. I only broke one that stood for eight days. So that doesn't sound nearly as impressive. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And he, I mean, what, he broke it by 11 minutes or something, didn't he? So once once you saw that, I guess... It was more like 34, I think. It was, it was over half an hour. So, but it was half an hour. Okay, you know, I'm making this up as I, I go along. So. In, ultra running, in ultra running times, that's quite, you know, it's yeah, pretty close. It was pretty close. But I guess, yeah, yeah I, what I was trying to, where I was getting to was it was close enough that it was... It was obviously a tight run thing, but but it still left room for you. So where did that leave you in terms of your mindset, you know, at the start line? I must admit, I um, that was kind of the scenario I hoped for in that um, I, I wouldn't ever have wished him to have a bad run. Sure. I wanted him to break the record, you know, as a friend, but I didn't want him to break it by too much. Yeah. Um, so that was honestly my, my best case scenario was he broke the record by by only a small amount. So, so I actually felt really optimistic, um, because he had shown it was beatable. So, you know, for 31 years, if he, you know, if someone like John Kelly, I suppose if he'd had a good run and not beaten it, I would have been like, Oh my God, you know, I've got no chance. Like even John Kelly can't beat it. So he had beaten it, but not had a great time doing it. And that gave me, yeah, gave me hope, gave me hope. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it did, it did. So, and it, it, so it did give you hope rather than like, Oh gosh, she's only just beaten it. Um, which yeah, I, I did. Its own, because, its own factor. Because I was aware he'd had a really rough time, like right, right. from the beginning. He, he had a tummy problem before he even started running. I think he didn't feel quite right. Um, so he had a really, you know, he really didn't get the calories in that he wanted to get in, um, you know, almost the whole time. Um, and yeah, he has hinted. He has hinted he might try again next year. So he might huh. be able to get his revenge, his revenge on me. Uh, yes. Yeah. He, but we'll. Yeah. And does the fact, I'm not sure what's recognised, but the fact that you ran opposite ways, does that mean that he kind of still holds that record as opposed to the overall record? Yeah. I, do, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit like um, maybe on the Appalachian Trail when um, yeah. Scott Jarrett went one way and Carl Meltzer. Carl Meltzer yeah. um, I, I, leave that, I leave that sort of thing up to other people really about whether, <laughs> whether you know, I don't know, whether they talk about the different records or not. Um, um, I, I, it was interesting you know, it was a key decision, I think, which direction. Uh, and I went the same way as Mike Hartley. Yeah. And I did phone him up and, and, you know, had a good chat to him on the phone too. Uh, and he was generous with his time to, to learn, you know, learn everything I could from him that he was willing to willing to share. And he'd gone south, um, partly because it was running home. Yeah. Um, and partly because uh, you do get some of the bigger hills out the way earlier and some of the yeah. more remote sections. But also, I just wanted to go south because I'd gone north three times. I've done the spine race twice as well, right. and I just didn't didn't want to get too bored of the Penang Way. So, I, w- I always like the idea of going the other other direction. Yeah. Um, 
um, yeah, just I'll leave that up to other people whether they recognise yeah. two records or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, John's was obviously a very strong run. Yeah, yeah. And then you became the Cal Mouser to his Scott Jurek in exactly the same I su- way. <laughs> I, suppo- I, su- I suppose. Yeah, I'm probably not as. Uh, as uh, what's what's the word for Carmel? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Of him. Yeah, I'm not as uh, yeah, I'm not as outspoken. What's the word? Forthright. I'm not as forthright yeah. as him. Yeah, but, 100, uh, you yeah, think hundred miles is is that far? It is that far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, and 260 miles it is further. Yeah. I can confirm. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm a big fan of Carl Meltzer. Yeah. And if you want to put me in the same category, same sentence as him, I'll be very chuffed. Yes. <laughs> The the other, I mean, you you were inspired by and and um, part of your motivation was the environment and 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 we spoke about this at length last time. It is something that you know that you 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 believe in and you, and you you want to make a difference. And I guess I was trying to figure out, you know, and, and we talked about this a little bit at the top of the show about the, this year of COVID where we haven't been able to travel and stuff, which has been good for the environment, but in some ways. The way that we've responded to COVID is shows us what we could do for the environment a little bit. I, I, somebody somebody said, "Why doesn't the environment get COVID's PR guy?" <laughs> no, that's exa- yeah. No, there's yeah. It was incredible. Um, I don't know if you felt the same, but like there was a period we had really good weather in in April and May, all really good for Britain. And um, so often I was just sitting in the back garden with my kids, and I'd look up at the sky and I'd go wow, the sky is so blue today. Like, yeah. and because there were no planes, you know, polluting, yeah. polluting the sky. I, and I imagine there's some similarities there. It um, certainly was, yeah. And, and yeah, it was, it was like, wow. Um, and that's just, you know, one of many, many examples. Um, yeah, in, in some ways it gave, I think is a lot of hope in that a lot of people, and, and I've got a lot of coaching clients who, um, you know, they have, they feel they have to fly a lot for work, for example, but, but they're saying to me, I'm not going to fly as much anymore partly for environmental reasons, partly I just, I just don't want to or I don't need to. I realize I don't need to fly during yeah. flights for meetings. Um, so I hope that's going along around the world um, to an extent. Um, yeah, so I think it did show us a lot. You know, what did, did we need to do all this travel? Did we need to do all these things? Um, but I guess my fear is that, yeah, governments will need to kickstart economies and then green regulations will be sort of, it's happening over here already, you know, yeah. sort of cut, you know, ripped up and, 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 forgotten about um but i i think it will have shown you know hopefully hopefully people who care about these things yeah maybe some some hope mm. um so it, yeah really interesting really interesting. you know it's been a fascinating year so far and we're, we're only we're only just over halfway through it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the 48th of something yeah uh but it, it it too i mean the other thing too is that it sort of it showed us that as a global community we can respond strongly yeah. and we can respond forcefully to a threat and you know, the ice melting and everything is a threat. It's just slow moving and we kind of put it off all the time. Yeah. And we've maybe got a bit almost fatigued by it as well, yeah. uh, I think. I think, and I, I was, you know, I just saw the same headlines every day, blah, 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 hottest day ever, something, something melting, blah, 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 mountain shrinking or something, you know, and, and oh, oh, there are no, none of those insects left anymore. And, and after a while you're just like, no, I think I had that last week. And, and you realize it was a different thing altogether. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is necessarily, but, um, I mean, there's, I don't know if Extinction Rebellion have got any sort of groups down there, but they're, they're going to be doing some more protests again soon here. I don't know how they'll be received. Um, but, but I guess it's, yeah, trying to, 
trying to remind people that it's, we're in an alarming situation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the answers, but I, I think it, I, hopefully it, I think it was an optimistic time in that regard. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I guess you say you don't have any answers, but the answer that you've come up with is to do things yourself, you know, to, to take those steps that you can take, control what you can control, make choices, make, you know, don't try and, you know, try to not to use plastic, all those sorts of things that we can each do I ourselves. I suppose so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I've got two very inspiring friends up here. Um, I don't know if their companies are, are, are known down there in the trail running community, but um, there's a guy, an amazing guy called Dan Lawson, who just um, ran ran one end of the country to the other. Yeah. Uh, but he he's got um, and he's you know he's an international international ultra runner. But he he's got this company called Rerun Clothing, who have been looking after all the unwanted race T-shirts for starters oh, and, wow. and all the sort of. Yeah, and especially this year, it's been terrible, obviously, because all these races have got the T-shirts mm. printed, and then no one's got the T-shirts. And and who wants to wear, you know, London Marathon 2020 T-shirt <laughs> when it didn't even happen? Um, so so he he's really looking to the side of the waste side of you know, and he he manages to get the um, get stuff. I suppose recycled often out to you know to refugees or to areas of the world where you know people might actually want those those clothing, right? Um, so he, they're, they're called Rerun Clothing and they're Another a Another link to send us, please. Yes. No, I will. Um, uh, and he, he, him and his wife and his, and his two daughters as well are involved in it. And they've, all, they've even done um, a shoe bank. Um, so companies including, um, yeah, it, again, my sponsors Innovate have been quite good, he tells me, um, in getting involved. Um, they, you know, so many of these companies have lots of seconds or just minor, minor faults, just yeah. the tiniest faults on a shoe and they can't sell that shoe and it just never gets used. So they give them to rerun clothing and they form a, like a shoe bank. And then if someone, you know, can't afford a running kit or, or has very little income, they can write an email, um, and, and basically just ask, um, uh, I, you know, there's an element of sort of checking, but, I, um, you know, I, no one should be put off from asking. You can basically ask them for some running kit and, and they will, you know, they will give you some running kit, um, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, very good, you know, in good condition. Um, my other friend, uh, another friend who's very inspiring up here is, is Jim Mann, who's a, another, he's a record breaking fell runner. Um, sorry, can I just stop and, you? Do you have to be an amazing ultra runner to be a friend of Damien Hall? <laughs> is that like a prerequisite? Do you make people just, present you? You see, like, well, what are your credentials? Okay, mate, you can be my friend. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I put you, you off. Carry you, on. You do, you do. Um, but but he. Um, well, there there aren't. I guess uh, yeah. The the ultra running is still quite small. Here, it so is. We, it we is, all know yeah. each other. We're all friends. Yes, all friends. yes, yes. Uh, uh, unless you steal each other's records, and then it's, <laughs> uh, in fact, I did. I did break one of Jim's man, Jim Mans, this year as well. So, oh, he nice. might, so I, this is my way of repaying him by, yeah. by you know, mentioning his his. Uh, they're not actually a charity, um, but they're called uh, Trees Not Teas. Have you heard of those? They. Um, no, the idea not. is when you sign up. He's he's mo- mostly doing it for British races for now. But when you sign up for a, a race in Britain, if they've joined the scheme. When you sign up, there'll be a button saying, you know, do you want do you want a T-shirt? Yeah. Or do you want a tree planted? Um, wow. Because so many of us don't need a race T-shirt, but yeah. they're all, they've already been produced or ordered, you know. Yeah. Um, so that has really caught on. He only started that this year. It's mushroomed. He's getting, you know, looking for more employers, employees all the time because it's just mushroomed out of control almost. Um, and lots idea. of races are 
Yeah, and it's really simple. He makes it really simple for the race organizers. Um, so then it doesn't cost them anything. And, and then he goes, you know, he goes and plants. He's he's buying land um, regularly to 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 feed, you know, to to find places to plant trees. Mm. And he has an ecology uh, degree, um, so he's not just sort of um, sure. you know not, not swinging it. Um, and and he'll send those people. They get a, a grid reference of exactly where their tree is. Um, it's, um, so so yeah, this is it's only been going a few months, and it's just everyone's gone. Of course, why you know why weren't we doing this? Yeah. So um, um, that's gone really really well so far. So those guys, yeah, people who are doing things like that have, have really inspired me. And I couldn't I couldn't think of a better idea other than you know pick up a bit of litter and try to use less plastic. But you know it was more than I was doing. So <laughs> you yeah, you um, you were doing your thing. But that, that, yeah, those those are those are great ideas. Both yeah, are, and yeah. and. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you some links after yeah, because I mean, yeah. maybe they're things that can be replicated elsewhere. Uh, I, I imagine they could be. So it's yeah. um, yeah, it's really inspiring when when you see these grassroots sort of things taking off and 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 um, yeah, just really catching on quickly, which just proves it was exactly what people were you know sort of wanted. Um, Absolutely, we, encouraging. We had, yeah, we had a very tiny version of of what Dan Lawson is doing. Not sorry, not what he's doing, but but it brings to mind when we we interviewed a group called Speed Freaks who are. They are a running group based at a drug rehab um, program uh, down in down in Christchurch in the South Island of, of New Zealand, and they they're you know they're, they're people who during their um, their drug rehabilitation get introduced to running, and of course you know they don't have gear, they don't have shoes, all sorts of stuff. And after our show, heaps of listeners sort of got in touch and said, "I want to help. Uh, I've got oh. you know shoes that I've I've you know I've worn a couple of times and I don't like them, and rather than throwing them away, can I you know can I send them to?" And, and there was a, it was that sort of thing. So reusing because we, we there is a lot of waste in trail running. You know, yeah. oh, gear brilliant. that people buy that yeah. they don't use or they don't like or, or or you know, for whatever reason they're not using anymore. And rather than sending it to the dump, it gets yeah. If if there is is ways of making sure that we can reduce that waste and make and people who need it get it. It's it's fantastic, isn't it? So I really, yeah. I really applaud what what Dan's doing and and, and what Jim's doing. It's, it's great. Yeah, and it's raised awareness because because so many of us we just finish a race, we're handed a t shirt yeah. um, and a medal yeah. that that we didn't really think about. Sure, you know we didn't. And and there are races, and I think you know if you run your first half marathon, run your first marathon. Sure, you want a t shirt, and I think that's perfectly legitimate. Of we, and yeah. no one no one's trying to cancel that altogether. No, 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 no. no. But yeah. but for a lot of us, when we've you know we've done a few years of racing, we don't need another t shirt. Yeah. Um, or another medal, and we're not going to use it probably. Um, so you know, let, let's ideally stop producing them in the first place, I suppose. But yep. but if they can be, yeah, if they can be passed on to someone who needs them, then then brilliant. Um, yeah. 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 Hey, Damien, I, I, we've kept you for long enough, and and I don't want to bore you with the question that we ask everyone because we asked it of you last time. So I, I did want to have a have a, a different approach to it. We usually ask people for their greatest run ever, which you gave us last time, but but this time around, I want to ask you, comparing FKT your your P nine way FKT with your fifth place at UTMB, what is does one come out ahead of the other? Oh gosh, I'm putting you on the spot. You are. That's a, yeah. I mean, I have already been asked kind of where would I place the Penang Way thing, and I, I place those two as my yeah. I suppose my most so far my most memorable moments in kind of in 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 running in a mm. way. Um, ha! Ah, what a question. I don't know. Choose your favourite child. Go. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved about the Penang Way thing was I got to share it with a lot of people. Mm. Um, UTMB. I mean, you got wonderful crowds there and stuff, but you're not really, you know, you're, you're running away from 
away from people or trying to catch people. And and an FKT is a bit different, isn't it? And and mm. just so many people turned out to run with me or to to hand me a cup of tea or um, to just support me at a roadside or just shout something, hopefully, uh, which was probably supportive. Um, uh, and and that at the moment that feels a bit more special because it was just this big shared thing. Mm. Um, so at the moment that feels more special. But I suppose if I'm honest, it was you know although I'm chatting to people in a different country, it was more of a parochial thing, more of a British thing. Whereas I suppose sure. UTMB was was more international. But yeah, that at the moment that feels more special. But I suppose that might be classic rock, you know, classic rock star saying their new album, the new <laughs> album is the best, the best work. When clearly it isn't. Whenever they say that, it never is. Um, As Jarvis Cock will tell you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean their new stuff is, you know, it's not quite as good as it was. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, difficult one, difficult one. Yeah. But right. yeah, I was very, I was very, I felt very, yeah, incredibly satisfied, and and that was partly was because I could share it with so many people. So thank you, thank you everyone who helped and followed and stuff. Well, we certainly you, you captured our imagination down here, and we loved following you. And thank you for um, telling that story, which you, I know because you're such a rock star, you've told it a million times. But um, it's always so entertaining talking to you. But so thank you very very much for joining us. Well, you're very kind. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you for having me on. I'm really sorry for my confusion, and for, I threw Damien during that conversation. I started, I kept on going on and on about how John, you know, when I kept on going on and on about John lowering the record by 11 minutes, and clearly yeah. Damien was just going, mm-hmm, until he corrected me. I just confirmed that John Kelly did indeed lower the record by 40 minutes, not 11. Duh. Oh. Yeah. And did you get your bit of br- bit, pro- bit Brit pop trivia? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jarvis Cocker, who, and, and you know, Damien Hall said that, you know, Pulp was his favourite sort of Britpop era band. Yeah. Uh, lives in that tiny little village. Yeah, and they do. There you go. There you go. Right, thank you for tuning in. We are on social media at Dirt Church Radio. Email dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Oh, by the way, all those links that he talked about during the conversation are all up on our show notes, so go check them out. Fantastic. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. You can download direct from the website, dirtchurchradio.com. Also, if we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. If you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible. And for that, we need your help. We also need your help with Greatest Runs Ever. Do it. Right in, Go please. on. Right in. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running for the Faster, Spring Energy, and Cielli. And thank you to our Patreon supporters and Wild Things. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. And we've got a really great guest lined up for next week. So tune in then. Ka kite. Ka kite. Thanks, Rigby.